shoot. Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Felicia, and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Francois. This is episode eight, recapping the two home games and the New York Liberty played against the Phoenix Mercury and the Seattle Storm. Two teams which are at the bottom of the league, but with a new coach and Brittany Griner and Tarasi back from injury for the Mercury and the Storm offering a more coherent style of basketball. We knew that those games were not going to be as easy as the standings might suggest. So first, let's review the game against the Mercury this past Wednesday, which the Liberty won 99-95. to Francois, where should we start? Well, let's start with, with the first quarter. Uh, the first quarter was, was a really good start for the New York Liberty. Uh, we know that, you know, sometimes they kind of struggle to start games and then uh, get stronger in the second half. But this time around, I felt like they had a really good start. The Liberty put a lot of defensive pressure on the perimeter and also when Griner uh, got the ball, which uh, resulted in the Phoenix Mercury scoring only 13 points uh, in the first quarter. Uh, what did you make of, of that first quarter, Felicia? Yeah, they started strong, um, especially you felt good when you saw Laney steal the inbounds pass from Tarasi in the first minute and a half of the game. Mm. You definitely felt like the Liberty started aggressive and they set the tone and pace of this game. Yeah. So I felt like we were up for great nights, like the they set the tone and I felt like they, they, they started really strongly and I felt like we were going to be maybe have like a, a comfortable game, even though... Uh, the Mercury, you know, got the stars back. Uh, I felt it was going to be a good night. But the second quarter uh, didn't start as well as we expected. I think by now we know that the Liberty have been pretty inconsistent uh, in the last few games. Uh, they struggled to, to play a consistent 40 minutes. And and the second quarter was no exception. Uh, we started with a turnover from Bernard Jalini. That led to a Shea Patey layup. And then a later, uh, a later free from Moriah Jefferson, uh, a turnover from Sabrina that led to Michaela Onyewere, uh, fast break, and and all of a sudden it was a it was a six point game. Uh, the Liberty didn't score any field goal uh, for about seven minutes. So I think like you know that's the thing that frustrates us uh, with the with the Liberty. Like they have those moments of brilliance where they dominate, and you feel like they're gonna. Uh, blow a team by 30 points and then all of a sudden they give they give a bone to, to the other team for, for them to come back right <laughs> yeah I think the, the thing too to remember is that you still have really great players you know Tarasi and Griner you you give them credit too I mean for the second quarter though this was all about Michaela Onyewere I think she led the team in the second quarter they played with grit they just, they came back. They made whatever adjustments was necessary for the second quarter. And I think the Liberty did throw them a bone with some turnovers and defensive miscues. I think sometimes for the Liberty, what you see is that they may get a lead and it's almost like they relax. Mm. They don't, again, they're not keeping their foot on on the pedal. They're not keeping their foot on the gas and really pushing this game. And, you know, I, I, we've heard the coach talk about this many a times when they get a lead. 
really continue to play with poise and play with urgency, like don't let up. And I think sometimes, but that's sort of part of the game. You know, you, there's ebbs and flows to this game. And that's exactly for the Liberty what you see sometimes. They start off strong, then they sort of pull back, they come back. It, it kind of goes back and forth. So yeah, it can seem frustrating at times. But again, this is a league where you have top teams. There's only 12 teams in this league. And Tarasi is considered the GOAT or one of the goats in this league. So well, you, you got to give some credit to, to Phoenix as well. They're not, I know what the standings might suggest, but Griner just getting back to Rossi still who she is. She's going to put up shots. You, you can't leave her on her own at all. Yeah. So let, let's go back to Diana Tarasi for a second. I know in the previous podcast, uh, I, I said initially the goat, and then I said one of the goats. I mean, personally, uh, let, let's keep it real. My my goal is is Maya Moore. She's my favorite player of all time. But we cannot deny the, the talent of Diana Taurasi. She's the leading scorer in the history of the WNBA. And obviously, she's not at, you know, you know, a prime. She's more towards the end of her career. And she hasn't necessarily been the most efficient player in the last few seasons. But she's she's a bucket. And, and when she mm-hmm. started waking up, uh, it, it's getting really, really challenging to, to stop her. And mm-hmm. in that second quarter, uh, she started to warm up, and, and it was really hard for the Liberty to, you know, to stop Tarasi. Yeah, when she gets in her bag, it's hard. It's really hard to stop her. You you definitely, for the Liberty, defense is crucial, and they definitely have some miscues. And so if you leave her open, if, if she... Either her or Cunningham, you know those th- those three balls will land mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> and so and that score diminished really quickly. But again, for the second quarter, I will still say it was it was all Michaela and Brittany coming through too. But Michaela definitely uh, stepped up, which also fueled the team to step up and come back into this game against the Liberty. Yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. I think it was Jackie Powell that asked uh, um, after the game. She asked Benajalini about. Uh, what she made of uh, Michaela's uh, performance against New York. And uh, I think she was really happy for, for her to be on a team where she could flourish and, and have more of a, an opportunity. I mean, obviously, she, she had an opportunity, especially the, the first year, a rookie season with the Liberty, where she was rookie of the year. And there was a lot of young players on the team, and, and she really uh, took opportunity of the chances a chance that she was given but i feel like last year was a little bit more challenging with the mm-hmm. change of coach with with uh, sandy brandello i think that she struggled to kind of like fit in her system and and obviously with you know the decision that everybody uh, took to uh, you know chase after superstars obviously um you know players like michaela on your were we're gonna be sort of like the the victim of that you know trade system um so i, I was you know obviously like Vanessa said as well like you know she would have rather uh for Michaela to not score uh and not do well against against them but it was it was great to see her and she definitely took advantage uh of opportunity that she was given in the game attacking the basket going over defenders and and they could not really really stop her um so it was definitely uh great to to see Michaela perform uh, the way she did and so at halftime uh we still had the lead 53 to 46 uh but 
you know, it was it was a much closer game that we anticipated based on what we saw in the in the first uh, first quarter. And once again, we have to thank uh, Brianna Stewart who had 19 points and and five rebounds uh, in the in the first half. And so third quarter, uh, it felt like the Liberty kind of started strong again, uh, just like in the, in the first quarter. Uh, really like nice ball movements, a uh, couple of frees, uh, Benaja uh, setting the tone, um, you know, of the team. She's, she's kind of like the, not the vocal leader, but the, the leader in terms of her attitude and her grit, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yeah, she definitely, you know, I know a lot of people look at this as Stewie's team now but Lainey she is definitely showing you what she can do on the court still you know she she's still I think she's still a vocal leader she's definitely still a presence there but she's showing you what she can bring to the court and I just love that for her I love her defensive presence and the offenses when both are clicking it's beautiful to watch and so yeah they started out strong in the third quarter you thought they were Running away with it for mm. a little bit. Uh, what did they get up to? Like almost twenty points. Yeah, they got the a twenty-point lead with um, uh, Sabrina score free, uh, Stewie score free as well. And so at that very moment, like you know, middle of the third quarter, they had a twenty-point lead. And so you know, we, we we didn't feel as fans that we we had to worry, and I felt like it was you know like a decisive lead. But I guess that's the beauty of of basketball. Uh, you can never assume that a game is over until you you hear the the last um, you know the last ring of you know of the the end of the game and and the turning point was that six point play by Diana Taurasi. Like, that play. Can you can you explain a, a little bit what what happened? That play was tough. It was tough to watch. I mean, you know, it created a huge foul problem for Thornton, um, who was defending Taurasi. Um, in what the middle of the third coming towards the end of the third and that was the uh first flagrant foul one for uh Kayla Thornton on Tarasi which ended up leading to her making three free throws and gaining the possession and a nice screen set for her to make another three point which started this six point play and you immediately felt that momentum shift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know, any card games and you have like a bad set of cards. Well, that's basically like when you, you know, take a card and it's like, oh man, it kind of messes up like, you know, what I'm trying to do here. Well, that's basically what what the Liberty had, uh, bad sets of cards. Because it's like, not only do you have a fragrant foul one, which gave free features to Tracy, but then right after she scored a free, and all of a sudden, like, you know, they sort of came back to, like, you know, trailing by nine uh, by the end of, of the quarter. But, you know, all of a sudden, you, you, you had a game. And then I think, like, that's the first time I've ever seen that in my life, whether it's the WNBA or the NBA. But towards the end of the third quarter... Uh, Kayla Foran got another flagrant foul one, um, you know, sort of like putting her leg, you know, allegedly sort of like mm-hmm. not giving uh, land for, for Taurasi to, to land. And, and the ref sort of reviewed the play and, and gave this another flagrant foul one, which, you know, two flagrant foul ones, you're out. And, you know, Kayla Foran couldn't believe it and she had to, you know, go back to the locker room. Yeah, they were tough calls. Um, you know, when you look back at the replay. I mean, yes. the second one was 
like the first one i would say like looking back i would say yes the second one wasn't as obvious though like cause it's like what are you supposed to do like how are you supposed to defend like can you do you have to just gently step aside so that Torasi can have a free? No, you can't do that. Like, I mean, to be fair, Torasi is obviously a smart player and she really yeah. saw that call by, you know, sort of exaggerating a little bit with uh, with how she landed. Like, I felt yeah. like she had enough space, to be honest. Once, but, once Thornton, they, she got into a little bit of a chippy situation with Torasi because even after the first flagrant foul one, she got another foul. Um, and it looked more like an offensive foul on Tarasi at first. And then it got chippy. And I think Tarasi used that to her advantage. And that second, uh, flagrant foul one call, that's a tough call because her foot did slide out, but I don't think it slid out enough, like in the first call. Yeah. And so I think it, and also, on both calls, Tarasi never went down. And I know that's not necessarily, you know, that, that the player has to fall or go down in order for that for that rule to be applied. However, I think at that point, Tarasi knew what she was doing. She's yeah. a smart player, so yeah. she knew how to get to Thornton a little bit. And she knew if she can just step back a little bit, Thornton would come into her space. And so, you know, it, it's a tough call, though. I mean, you can't blame her. She's going to take advantage of what the game allows her to do. It's the same with the NBA when and you complain about players like Chris Paul that, you know, get calls. But, you know, they, they say that they don't do anything illegal. They, they just, you know, do what the give, defense is giving them. And, and in, in this, uh, you know, particular example, foreign, um, you know, I mean, Brandello said after the game that she didn't make... Uh, any excuse. She didn't criticize the referee. I mean, obviously, if you do that, you might get a, a fine, but mm-hmm. she didn't make any excuse for her players. She said that we got to be smarter. We got to be smarter yeah. in the way we challenge the player when they shoot uh, the ball, and, and, and she felt like, you know, Kayla should have done uh, a better job. But it, it's tough to uh, be sent out like that. Like, you usually imagine, like, players, like, you know, getting into a fight or, like, giving a really hard foul to, to another player, but not like two flagrant foul, uh, flagrant one like that where you felt like, you know, she barely touched the Taurasi and, and now she you have one of the best defenders that, that goes out. So that that was tough um, and definitely gave uh, a lifeline to, to Phoenix. And let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the new coach uh, Nikki Blue who um, replaced uh, recently Vanessa Nygaard uh, who was dismissed as a coach after a tumultuous uh, you know uh, uh, tenure with with the Phoenix Mercury uh, because I felt like they're starting to have a little bit more uh, identity even though it's it's still early um, but when you look at the at the fourth quarter, uh, they definitely were able to, you know, attack the Liberty on what they do best, which is like scoring on the inside. And, and Brittany Griner started to, you know, reemerge in, in this game. Yeah, once they started to feed the ball to Brittany Griner, unfortunately for Jonquil Jones, she didn't have much. Uh, <laughs> she didn't she, have much yeah. for her. So it, it it was tough. But I think, you know, Phoenix made 
the adjustments and with this new coach, it, it's not easy, you know, coming in as the interim coach in the middle, basically the middle or almost middle of the season. Mm-hmm. So you're hoping to try to find kind of a new identity for this team. You don't want to change it up too much because you got to try to find a rhythm. And I think, you know, once Tarasi and Griner came back from injury, I think they'll find their rhythm. They're definitely missing Diggin Smith, who's um, I guess she's still she's still on maternity yeah, leave. Yeah, so. and uh, we, uh, you know, the last time we heard from reports, it, it doesn't seem like she's in a rush to come back. I mean, it's understandable. Obviously, you want to enjoy uh, your maternity leave, and obviously, we we know that there were some issues uh, last year. I mean, we don't know everything, but the the vibe kind of is weird, and when they when the players or the managers are asked about um, Skylar Diggins-Smith, they keep, you know, ditching the questions about saying that she's on maternity leave. So we don't know if she's going to come back. And uh, in a way, it's good for us because uh, that would have made it an even tougher I game. I mean, with Diggins-Smith, she can ball. Yeah. So, you know, and whatever the vibe was for them last year or this year, you know, obviously Brittany wasn't there with them and that was a hard hit on their team and it would be for any team. Um, so I think for with digging Smith out, who is a bucket getter and yeah, she would have the Liberty on skates at times last year. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, take your time, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, take, take your time with maternity leave, but you know, yeah, they're missing some offensive presence there. And so, and, and for Griner too, just coming back this yeah. year, it's going to take a little bit of time. She's still, Definitely has her game, but, you know, to get that strength momentum back, it'll take a little bit of time for her. And so, you know, I think once they get through this year, I, I truly believe Griner next season, she'll she'll be back to her, her old form. I don't think she's fully there yet, but she'll be back there. I, I have no doubts about that. But, yeah, for this coach, it's going to take some time to kind of set up what you want for this team. But she definitely, they made the adjustments trying to come back in this game. And and for Phoenix, they're still a great team despite what the the standings may suggest. You know, it, this, this isn't, again, as I said before, this league is made up of top people because there's only so many teams in this league. So yeah. you're going to take the best of the best, you know. And so despite all that i think they you know i don't know how the 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 rest of the season will go for them but they are not just going to lay down and be run over by teams they're going to push and try to win and that's what they started to do in the fourth quarter on the liberty yeah now don't worry it hasn't all of a sudden become a a phoenix mercury podcast but (laughs) we obviously had to you know analyze what we saw and and the difference between uh you know what we saw earlier in the season but this is this is a liberty uh you know podcast and uh what can we say we are so grateful that we can have someone with the talent uh that brianna stewart has thank god for stewie i mean we we pretty much say like every every week uh the fans at the barclays are chanting mvp pretty much every time she's at the free throw line but you know, she really took over when we needed her the most. Mm-hmm. And she scored 16 of the last 18 uh, New York Liberty points. And, and she was just incredible. And, 
And what also is great is like the chemistry that she has with with uh, Courtney Vandersloot. Like it's almost like they can play uh, eyes, you know, with their eyes closed. Um, and you know, Sloot knows exactly how Stewie's gonna set a screen and how she's gonna like, you know, after that like pick and pop. Like it's just like it's just incredible. And so, yeah, she literally took over. And um, I think at some point, uh, you know, the the, the Phoenix Mercury missed the shot. Um, you know, the Liberty had the ball. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot kind of, you know, ran the clock. And then she sort of set a play where she passed the ball to Stewie and kind of set a screen for her. Stewie, like, literally, like, took, like, you know, advantage of the momentum she had. You know, took, you know, a lot of speed. Went on the inside. Took a jump shot with three defenders, uh, scoring an incredible basket that gave a three-point lead for uh, the New York Liberty, which was a decisive lead. Um, you know, after that, the Liberty had a very strong uh, defense on the last Phoenix play, and that was pretty much uh, you know what gave the the, the win to to the Liberty. But aren't you a little bit worried though, Felicia? Like you know how dependent like. The, the Liberty tend to be uh, uh, on offense with, with Stewie. Like, like you know, Sandy Brandello said, like, at the end of the game, like, you know, we have Stewie, which is great. Like, you know, any uh, teams that want to win a title need, like, a superstar. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it kind of worries me how dependent we are. Like, sometimes, like, it's just like a lack of ball movement. Everybody mm-hmm. just stands in the corner and just, like, wait for Stewie to, uh, you know, make you know create a miracle but she played like 38 minutes out of the 40 minutes in in that game and and i i don't know i just felt like we sort of getting too comfortable in in doing that and and that could be dangerous don't you think yeah i mean this this is a gritty game so and she's your number one player on that team so you know they're gonna want to play as much they'll play the whole game if they have to they want to get the win no matter what it takes and yeah you know yeah we may not necessarily like Stewie playing 38 minutes you want to see more ball movement you want to see other players getting more involved offensively you know but at that point you know as we entered the fourth quarter you know that again the momentum shift for Phoenix was happening and the Liberty, they were getting away from their own bread and butter, which is playing a faster, faster pace and having ball movement. Yeah. It was very static. And so Phoenix took advantage of that. And so it started to become this back and forth, but more in favor of, of Phoenix. And yeah, Brit, you know, Stewie had to, to step up and she did. You know, she was having a pretty, pretty good game already. Um, but she took over in the fourth quarter for sure to really get that win. You know, it, it's tough because, yeah, you want to see more from all the starters. And I think they, they did give it their best shot. But again, sometimes when some players go, you know, aren't doing so well, another teammate's going to pick them up. That's what Stewie did in this game. She's She's going to pick up the other players if she has to previous games you had Sabrina with the hot hand and you know yeah. so with Stewie being the the number one on this team the expectation is that you're gonna get her the ball she's gonna score and she did that yeah, in the fourth I mean, quarter so you got her the ball she scored she kept them in this game they got the win you know win by any means necessary you yeah. know they're still number two um in this league so 
yeah, they did what they what they needed to do. Even, unfortunately, though, with the minute she played, yeah, you could tell she was tired, but she was still giving it her all. I mean, when you have a player that scores 43 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, 3 for 4 at the three-point line, 13 for, uh, you know, 20 shots, uh, you know, in terms of field goal, I mean, obviously, you're going to rely on a player like Stewie when she has stats like that. That's MVP level right MVP there. level, second 40-point game of the season. Uh, I don't think there's uh, many players. I think there's about five or six players in the history of the WNBA that managed to score uh, multiple 40-point games in the season. Um, but that was just incredible. And, uh, yeah, I mean... You know, we talk about all those NBA superstars and everything, but they are superstars in the WNBA. And I think I cannot emphasize enough how lucky we are as fans and being able to go to uh, games at the Barclays to witness that. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. It's, it is not normal at all to see what she does. That demands hard work, talent, obviously, and, and incredible abilities, but... Thank goodness Stewie uh, decided to play for New York this year, and we're really grateful. But like you said, we're going to have to sort of make sure that we play on our strength and, and the ball movement with the number one team in the series this season. So let's make sure that we continue that way. But before we move on to uh, the Seattle game that, that was played on, on, on Saturday, um, I said that I was not going to talk about it uh, two podcasts ago, and I would, you know, let things kind of simmer down a little bit uh, when it comes to referees in the WNBA. And it's fine. I can say whatever I want. I'm not going to get fined. I'm not a player of the league. So, but we got to talk about the ref, like especially Ooh. in this game against the, the Phoenix Mercury. And it's been going on for quite some time now. Um, now, don't get me wrong, you know, obviously I'm watching games at the Barclays or on TV and we don't know what it's like to, to be a ref. I mean, I actually ref when I was younger and it's, it's not easy, don't get me wrong. But they are professional referees, they are trained for those situations and I cannot help but think that when you look at the NBA versus the WNBA, there's a, there's a clear difference in terms of levels uh, with referees. Like, what, what do you notice or what frustrates you when, when it comes to referees in the WNBA? I just feel like we got, I, I want to say B-level, but it's almost <laughs> like C-level ref sometimes. Like, it, it's not every single ref, but I feel like it's a good chunk of them, more so than the NBA. You, let, you got refs in the NBA that can be frustrating, but in the WNBA, I don't know if they got different rules. It shouldn't be, yeah. in my opinion. I don't know what it is. I feel like they want, they ref the WNBA in a way that they want the players to play soft almost. Like if you barely touch a person, it's a foul. Whereas in the NBA, I feel like you have a lot of refs that just let them play. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times, and, and in the WNBA, you really have some, like, ticky-tacky fouls, and it just, it doesn't make sense. And when you feel like, especially in this game, where it seemed like the referees control the game more than just allowing the players to play, it just takes away from the beauty of the game, from the physicality of the mm. game. They're athletes. They've been training for this. They've been playing this game. 
for a good chunk of their lives, more probably more than half their lives. Yeah. And you got to let them play. They're top athletes. They're not just, you know, I just feel like they, they, they ref them a lot softer in a way that meaning what I mean by softer is that any little thing, it's a foul. And I just think they got to let them play. Like, yeah. it's, it just doesn't make sense to me that you don't let these women play the game. They're still athletes. I, I don't think, I just feel like it's, it's ref different between the WNBA and the NBA, and that shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at all the all the haters online that like to spend their time criticizing uh, women's basketball, saying that it's boring, it's not as fun or athletic as, as the men's game, and then you have uh, those professional athletes in the WNBA that want uh, more equality, and be treated as athletes. They are professional athletes. So they might not do Hollywood dunks like, like the men, but they can ball. They play ball. Yeah. They go to the gym uh, to train every single day to be in top shape, top conditions, and you know produce an incredible show. So let's not treat them as if they're like average players or, or something like that, and just allow them to play. I feel like, like yeah, like the I think the number one uh foul in the WNBA is those set screens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, you know, there's no foul. Like they set a good screen, it's a physical I mean screens are not meant to like, you know, just be chilling and just brushing on your shoulder. They're meant to like have an impact physically mm-hmm. and to surprise you and create the difference. And sometimes like, you know, they set screens and bing, there's a foul. Sometimes the other player runs towards you. You didn't do anything. I mean, we'll talk about the Seattle game later, but there was a foul uh, where Drew Lloyd uh, literally bumped into Jonko Jones, and they gave a foul to Jonko Jones. Like, yeah, she didn't that was do crazy. anything. <laughs> so it's like, that shouldn't be like, you know, the show, the star of, of the show or the game, those those fouls. And I said to you, uh, uh, you know, off records that, like, usually, at WNBA games last about two hours. And if a game lasts about two hours and 15 or 20 minutes and there was no overtime, you know the ref had something to say in that game and, and were very tacky with, with that call. So I think, you know, they really have to look. I don't know if it's a question of, like, you know, the training or, or have, I don't know, is this a rule that they have to focus specifically on those screens or even the end ones? Quite often, like, if a player attacks the basket, like, it's automatically an end one. Uh, so you feel like defenders don't really have a lot of chance to, to block the shot without, um, you know, getting a foul. It's, I don't know, it's, it's very frustrating, then, uh, you know, how indecisive they can be at times, like, you know, like the fact that they spend sometimes a long time reviewing plays where even us in the stands, we, we could see what happened. Um, you know, at the end of the day, obviously they want to, you know, have the best product out there because it's obviously entertainment. You want to have people, more people watching the game, enjoying the game. And I think when games are taken over by a referee, this this clearly a problem. And I wish that the WNBA would look into those things a little bit more, uh, just like Adam Silver does with the NBA when, when there's something that is like, you know, making the game less enjoyable. Just recently, they, they approved, um, you know, uh, technical fouls on flopping. 
uh, because they saw that it was happening more and more in the NBA. So what about the, the WNBA reviewing some of those calls that those refs unfortunately tend to uh, call every single time? I just feel like they they got to make this even. You know, you know what they you know institute in the NBA. Yeah. Obviously, for this season, it's going to be one thing. But as the WNBA season comes through, like for next year, you should be able to have very similar, if not the exact same rules in the WNBA as you have in the NBA. And, you know, the refs have to, people did not buy their ticket to see the refs. You, you buy your tickets, come to these games, root for your players. And when the referees take over the game, in such a way, it just, it doesn't, it's not enjoyable. Hmm. Um, you're definitely going to hear a lot of boobers from <laughs> from the fans, but it's just not enjoyable at that point because it's, it's one thing after another. Or you have, I, I've tend to see in the WNBA versus the NBA where you tend to have calls where the refs aren't paying attention almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm hoping that's not the case, but sometimes when you're at, at some of the WNBA games, I feel like there's a call, they're looking at the other refs, and the other refs are confused, and they got to talk about it. And it happens in the NBA. Don't, talk, don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong. It happens. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like it well. tends to happen more in the WNBA. I mm. feel like I've seen it more than I do in the NBA. I know it's a tough job. It is, because I've, I've also had friends who were – referees whether it was for other not in the WNBA but maybe college and you know and and other other games and so it's not easy because it's Mm. going so fast and what we see sometimes whether it's on television or at the game sometimes we might see something we see the replay you know it's it's not easy but again when you have a game going over two hours and you got a lot of different foul calls for cer- certain calls that were just like, you just got to let them play yeah. at the end of the day. So yeah, I think it's it's a fair point that you just shared. I think, you know, it's easier said, uh, you know, from where we stand to, you know, being actually in the game. But we all want, you know, the, the league to grow and the product to be incredible. We already think it's incredible, um, but we want it to continue to thrive. And so let's try to figure this out. Let's try to maybe maybe review the, the training of the referees or sort of establish clear rules when it comes to all those fouls that are called mm-hmm. unnecessarily so that, you know, it could be a more enjoyable experience and that you don't get Liberty fans, like, you know, barking at you during the game because they feel like they don't know what you're doing. And also, can I just say, when you have those final two minutes, like in the NBA, uh, yeah, I was gonna the refs are allowed to review things if they mess up or get confused by something. They're allowed to review on their own. We should have that in the WNBA. Yeah. Like, coaches shouldn't, now that they've instituted um, the challenge, the challenge, you know, coaches shouldn't have to use a challenge just to get you to review a play. Especially if you know that all three of you are not in unison on a call. Like, that should be an automatic review. It shouldn't force a coach to use a challenge in a game when it should go to you to review that play. Especially in the last two minutes of a game. Especially if it's close and it's crucial. Yeah. They get one challenge. And I know some coaches, I feel like Sandy's a bit reluctant at times to use 
her challenges, but rightfully so, because you only get one. Yeah. So, you know, and sometimes, yeah, I just think we got to keep it even. Like, I don't understand why they don't have that specific rule in the WNBA this season. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to us, uh, people who are dealing with those decisions, but it would be great to sort of review them and, you know, more enjoyable for for everybody. And, uh, yeah, I just don't want to see four or five fouls uh, on Joko Jones when literally only one out of those four or five really happened. But, you know, I'm, I'm let's just say I'm going to, you know, you know, put an end to that topic for now, and uh, hopefully we won't have to talk about it again. But now let's let's move on to uh, Saturday's game, uh, which was the the third time uh, that the New York Liberty and the Seattle Storm uh, were facing each other this season. But the first time in uh, in New York, very 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 strange game, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, it, I mean, for those of you who were not at the stadium, um, can can you explain what happened there, Felicia? Well, the the whole PA system, sound system went out, so it was really quiet um, to start the game. You know, so if you I mean, weren't quiet, there, yes or no? I mean, the it, it gave an opportunity for the fans to, you know, sort of yeah, like, yeah. What I mean is like the music that they normally have, the announcers that you know for the Barclays Center, you don't hear any of that. So the the crowd had to hype the team the teams up, you know, yeah, and they yeah. had to do their intros. You just saw them kind of pop up and do their own little intros. You don't hear anything. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so it was pretty funny to see them like hype themselves up, but the crowd got into it and realized, yeah, we gotta be we got to be the sound system right now until they figured it out. So it, it did like start off with a weird vibe, but you make the best of it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the, obviously when you're used to certain routines when it comes to like, you know, players intro and the music and everything. And, and this time around you didn't have that. It, it kind of sets the tone and, and the weird vibe. And to be fair, like the, the first quarter, like the, the Liberty started great. Like they had an eight, eight Oh run. Uh, with two frees from Sabrina, uh, I felt like you know, unlike the previous games, they they, they were good on defense on on Drew Lloyd and kind of forced her to um, you know have difficult shots and and she was not necessarily good from uh, outside shooting. Um, so you felt like you know, okay, we you know we we pretty comfortable. Uh, we beat them twice uh, um, in Seattle pretty comfortably. Um, you know, we've won a couple of games, so, you know, once again, I think, you know, we always think, well, you know, they're going to take care of business, but it, it, it just wasn't the case, wasn't it? Like the, the whole game was kind of like back and forth be, between the, the two teams. So what, what do you think like Seattle did, did really well in, in that game? Uh, they adjusted, you know, I think with, uh, the Liberty having a strong start, you know, and then you saw where they definitely tried to get the ball in Jewel Lloyd's hands a lot. And she, Liberty started to double team her, which helped initially. But once you get Lloyd one on one, it's, it's not usually it benefits Lloyd. Most of the time it benefits, benefits Jewel Lloyd. So I think once they started getting that going and also, Again, for the Liberty, it's about ball movement and playing with pace. Once they get away from that, teams tend to take advantage. They tend to come back. If the Liberty start playing static, 
if they start having defensive miscues, if they're not playing with that urgency, teams typically take advantage of that and they're able to come back in this game. And that's what Seattle did. You know, they played with a bit more urgency than the Liberty did. It did go back and forth, but you just felt like Seattle had a lot more to prove in this game because obviously their record is what it is, unfortunately. So they're trying to win as many games and they're trying to play with all heart. Not to say that Liberty is not playing with heart, but I think sometimes they do get away from playing with that urgency and poise. And sometimes when you're up there at the top of the league, whether you're number one, two, or three, sometimes you think, oh, we got this game, you know, and you you, you got to play with that grit. You got to play with that poise and urgency. Yeah, and I think uh, Noel Noel Quinn, the, the coach of the South Storm, she had definitely a, a better game plan uh, this mm-hmm. time around than in the previous two games in Seattle. And I think uh, the announcers of that game, uh, when we sort of look back at the game, uh, you know, today, they were saying that, you know, New York kind of struggle, um, you know, one-on-one. Um, and I think that uh, Noel Quinn was uh, able to figure out uh, this, you know, where they could attack the Liberty. And, uh, Izzy, Mike, Mike, Mike Begore, uh, was, was incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. she's been, um, you know, uh, voted in, uh, the all-star game, uh, for the very first time. And, and she was incredible. I mean, she was attacking the, the basket against Stewie and, and Stewie, um, struggled quite a few times to, to contain her. And um, yeah, she she definitely uh, made uh, the Liberty pay on on defense, and so uh, at the end of the first half, we ended up you know losing that first half uh, and trailing by one thirty six to to thirty five. Um, a low scoring affair and definitely not what I was uh, expecting. Uh, but the third quarter, I think we we definitely came back into with with better attentions. Uh, the ball movement. I mean, there's no secret. We were talking earlier about sometimes how the Liberty can rely too much on on Stewie, but uh, third quarter, I think they sort of went back to uh, to their principles and um, you know passing the ball better. Um, you know, there were a couple of frees by Sabrina and uh, Vandersloot. Uh, Sabrina, which uh, who hasn't uh, had as many assists this season as, as uh, previous season, obviously with Fendersville being uh, the best passer in the league, uh, you you know, average is going to uh, lower a bit. But I feel like she was very good in this game, passing the ball um, either to Niara Sabali or Vendersloot. And so I felt like, you know, the, the third quarter was definitely much more efficient uh, on the end. And and the three pointers are definitely what sort of you know kept the kept the liberty going in in that third quarter. But um you know fourth quarter it was it was a little bit scary. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was expecting uh maybe like a 15 20 point uh victory. Uh, I really hope that if you decided to bet on the, this game that <laughs> you didn't bet on the plus 17 or plus 18 uh, Liberty uh, victory because that, that fourth quarter was was pretty tight. Uh, obviously, one of the turning points uh, was unfortunately Drew Lloyd's uh, injury. She, she twisted her ankle by, by herself uh, with seven minutes left in, in the quarter, which was 
to be honest, very scary. Like, I mean, any player, it would be scary to witness that in the stadium, but especially when it's, like, one of the best players in the league, uh, you really don't want um, anything bad to happen. I mean, she was able to uh, stand up afterwards and so go back in the locker room, but she didn't come back into this game. And so after, you know, the scary moments, I think the, the Liberty kind of took advantage of it. Uh, and Sabrina was on, on fire, scoring freeze after freeze. And I gave the Liberty uh, a 10-point lead uh, with three minutes left in this game. So we, we thought it was a wrap. But, um, I mean, <laughs> a, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the revenge show of the, of the New York Liberty. But this week was probably the revenge tour of the former Liberty player. So Michaela, you know, even though she didn't win with Phoenix, she had a 19-point game. Uh, and then in this game... Uh, good old Sammy Wickham. Good old Sammy Wickham. What, what can we say about Sammy? I mean, we always knew she had a quick trigger. A quick had, trigger, man. That quick Whew. release. If you give her the slightest amount of space, you're not catching up with her. You're not getting to her when she shoots that three ball. Um, she came through for them, even though, yes, they didn't get the win, but it, it she got it very close <laughs> because she had her own eight and run in the, in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game. And yeah, with two quick threes, uh, getting into the paint to get a bucket. I mean, she, she was her own wrecking crew <laughs> in yeah. the fourth quarter, very quick. And she also, as we talked about her. Her lucky gum that <laughs> when she made that first she, three, she, I think she lost the is gum. There, is there really a three-second rule when something goes I on mean, the floor and then you pick it up and put it you, back You You can have maybe a three-second rule in your house, <laughs> but like on a court where sweat... And I, I'm not going to get into it because that's just going to get gross. <laughs> but... On a court, yeah, no, nah, cause you, you, there's. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think yeah. like everybody in the in the stadium was kind of stunned. First of all, cause she scored, uh, you know, that was the second free, and then after that, we also that she, you know, you know, dropped uh, a, a gum and put it back in her mouth, and it was like, oh no, what what just happened? And then I mean, it, she did it quickly, but still, like I don't know if that would be my first instant instincts i know you're you're not you're thinking immediately like you don't want gum on the floor because yeah. you don't want some player to, to step in it or whatever but yeah i probably would have just thrown it to the side or i don't know i would have done something else i don't i wouldn't be putting that back in my mouth but uh, she, yeah. she picked it up quickly but still she was still chewing it all the way through the end of the game even if you did that i thought she would have you know once timeout or a foul call you got back to the bench real fast get it out but then she made another three she got another bucket after that so maybe she thought you know lucky gum right there i don't think she didn't care that much about what impression (laughs) she gave she was there to win and and that kind of brought me back to you know let's let's give some props to sammy wickham um Mm -hmm. you know she played two seasons with the new york liberty and and i remember some of the craziest moments Mm -hmm. of uh the past two seasons at the Barclays, where quite often runs with, with Sammy where she would get on fire and score like three or four uh frees in a row and the crowds would go insane yeah. and, and it's just like this quick trigger that she has like she's so quick yeah like as a defender it makes it really hard because you you don't know what she's gonna do and uh 
and, and once she gets on fire like that, it, it, it's unstoppable. And I know, like, she's a very humble person. We, we got to meet her last year um, um, when there was, like, a meet and greet with, with the fans to, um, you know, sort of celebrate the end of the regular season. And, and you could tell she was a very humble person, very nice uh, she interacted with a lot of people, so we definitely had had great memories of Sammy Wickham. Uh, we wish it wasn't against uh, us, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. I think you know we sort of expect the the Liberty to just dominate games, just like the Las Vegas Aces, and it's it's been a little bit more you know a little bit more greedier for for the the Liberty to win those games, but. What they said at the end of the game, though, was, um, you know, the, the mentality and, and the experience that it gives you. Um, mm-hmm. Sabrina said after the game that, you know, we had to buckle down, get starts when we needed to. Uh, Stewie, Benaja had great games. Nyara came in and gave us a great game off the bench. You know, she said that it's, it's a game of runs. And, uh, you know, those last couple of games, they yeah. find different ways to score. Even though Seattle beat, beat them on the board and on the 50-50 balls, uh, they got shots when, when they needed to. And even Stewie, you know, appreciated. She said that it's really valuable when we're in those close games, when teams come back. There's more pressure on us to finish. And so they, they have to continue to get this experience and save it for later in the season. So... I mean, you know, it's not going to be pretty all the time, but great teams can find solutions when they need to, and, and they got the job done in this, in this difficult game. Yeah, for sure. Again, there's always ebbs and flows in a game, and, you know, it is, like Sabrina said, it's about runs. Like, this game goes quick sometimes, and you could get out fast-paced, score a few buckets, you know, you get a timeout, next team comes up, it can go back and forth very, very quickly. And so, yeah, this, again, they had to fight to get, you know, in this game. Stewie had a good game. It wasn't like her previous game, but she, I feel like she had like a quiet, efficient game. I mean, I would love to have a quiet game with 25 points and rebounds, (laughs) three assists, uh, four for seven at the three-point line. I mean, I I like that kind of quiet, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it just... Like the last game, you could see the difference. Like she's still getting her points. She's still, um, you know, having her effect on this game. But I think towards the end, you know, and throughout the game, what really saved the Liberty was a three-point ball for sure. I mean, Sabrina was yeah. incredible. You know, with Sabrina having six threes in this game and, you know, obviously others contributing throughout the game, it was it was huge. It was a huge win for the Liberty. It was They had to pull this one out. They did that. We have a challenge. Uh, so just to, you know, for the recap, the end of the game, uh, the Liberty were up by two. Uh, Seattle had the ball. A uh, very good defense by the New York Liberty. And uh, Benajia Laney was battling, um, you know, the rebound uh, with uh, Manjanu, uh, uh, a rookie from uh, Seattle, who's really had a very dominant game yeah, at the yeah. boards. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, from the stands, we could tell that it was, uh, Majadu that, that, you know, touched the ball last, but, um, fortunately or fortunately or unfortunately, the Liberty had to take a challenge, uh, to, you know, make sure that they got the ball. Uh, the, the, the ref took a very long time, but it was clear from the replays and, you know, from what we saw from the stands that. The Liberty were going to gain that ball, and they did. Um, and after that, I mean, it was, you know, not game over, but 
know, Shadow had to foul. They fouled Sabrina twice, who, you know, obviously she's a great free throw shooter and uh, scored the two points, uh, the two free throws, which gave a four-point lead. And then the, the Storms, who were running out of timeout, uh, took a, a three-point shot and, um, you know, missed it. Sabrina got the rebound and, and we got the win, uh, 80 to 76. But again, in a game like this, in the last, what, under one minute of the game, with the last 30 seconds of the game, you have a call that could have been reviewed. Hmm. It shouldn't have been a coach's challenge. That right there... You were not certain that that went off of Benajah. That right there, you can go, they should have that rule that within the last two minutes, it was just, it was perfect right there. That yeah. that whole play, something like that should be reviewed. It shouldn't be, and I'm glad, you know, I think there was somewhere earlier in the game where we thought she could have used the challenge and yeah. she didn't. So it was, I'm glad that she had the challenge at the end because that could have been a total momentum shift for Seattle because at that point the Liberty were only up by two so it it went in Liberty's favor I'm really happy with that and they they got that win but again you know the refs some of these calls in the WNBA we hope it gets better you guys we really do Um, but I think it's probably gonna take some time Um, and we'll I doubt this will be our last discussion about the refs, but I don't want to make every we're podcast get, about the refs. We're but, not going to get yeah. fined, so we can we can still bring it up. We're, we're, I don't want to make every discussion about the refs because yeah. this isn't about them. But sometimes in this in these particular games this week, yeah, the refs were not were not great. All right, so overall, um, two greedy wins, but we get two wins, and we sort of. Getting closer to the Las Vegas Aces. I didn't think I was going to be able to say that um, at some point in the season, the way the Aces have been playing. But mm-hmm. they lost recently against uh, the Dallas Wings uh, for the second loss of the season. And we're trailing right behind with uh, 13 wins and four losses. Um, so there's a little hope, you know, that mm-hmm. we could maybe, you know, get the first spot. It's going to be tough, but uh, at least now we, we feel like we, we have a chance and we got those two wins. Uh, next week, um, we'll only have one game uh, away against Indiana, which is going to be an important game because if uh, the Liberty uh, win this game, uh, they would be um, the finalists for the Commissioner's Cup and will face the Las Vegas Aces who already have their spot for the Western Conference. So still an important game uh, before the, the All-Star break. Um, before we quickly talk about uh, you know the, the selections for the All-Star game, there were also other news um, for the, the New York Liberty. And the big news uh, was for Sabrina Ionescu, who... Um, was uh, the face of the NBA 2K uh, video game, uh, as well as Kobe Bryant. Um, she was uh, the face of, um, you know, the game for the, you know, the WNBA. I, I think, you know, the, the past couple of seasons now, uh, the NBA 2K game has different covers. And so they try to have covers with NBA players and WNBA players. So two years ago, Candace Barker was the, the first uh, WNBA player to be on the cover of the game. Uh, last season, it was uh, Diana Taurasi and, and Sue Bird. And this year, it's it's Sabrina Ionescu of the, the New York Liberty. So obviously, uh, we know the impact that this video game has on many, many generations. I don't play video games anymore, but that was definitely one of my favorite games. And, and the way this game has reached a level in terms of 
um, you know, the things you can do, how real the players look like, the different uh, gamers that you have. It, no deny, you know, you cannot deny the impact he has. Even the players now, like, challenge the ratings they have. So, you know, everybody pays attention. And so that's a big accomplishment um, in terms of image uh, for Sabrina Ionescu. But we cannot help, uh, you know, think and mention that it, it was a little bit, uh, you know, should we say controversial or, you know, <laughs> it, it, a lot of people were unhappy with, with the choice. Um, I think the reviews were mixed. I think I always feel a bit comp- just complex with this one. Mm. I, I feel like Sabrina deserves the accolades. She is a phenomenal player. But when you think about the players who, the WNBA players in particular, who have gotten this honor basically they've been in this game for some time they've won championships you know mvps things of that nature and so you understand why they should be there you know sabrina has the stats she is a phenomenal player again i love her on the liberty i love her i love that we have her on our team um but I also think when you look at the game as a whole, I think there are other players that are also deserving of this particular this particular honor. So I think, you know, sometimes it feels like it just comes down to a popularity contest sometimes. And But I mean, like if you if you look into those arguments of popularity, I mean the two players with the most votes for the All-Star game were Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart. Um, you see uh, Asia Wilson in a lot of commercials now. She's mm-hmm. one of the faces of the WNBA. Brianna Stewart is also one of those faces, and she's having an incredible season. Yeah. And those two players have won titles. I mean, um, you know, Brianna Stewart was MVP. She won two WNBA titles. Uh, Asia Wilson uh, has been MVP twice, has two titles as well. Um, no, one title, excuse me. Uh, last year, she you know has a lot of accolades. So for me, it would have been the, the two most obvious choices for the, the cover um, because they are popular and they've pretty much won everything that they could, could win. So for me, those, are, those, those would have been the two obvious choices. But I think, you know... What kind of, you know, bugs me a little bit is that I think, like, the people that were against this decision of, you know, having Sabrina as the cover of the of the game kind of revert to, like, you know, and their criticism, I think they kind of lose sight at some point of, you know, how good Sabrina is. We're not saying that she's the best player of, of the WNBA, but, like, you got to watch the games, though. Like, I mean, we mm-hmm. had the games, like, you know, all the home games. And, yeah, we see the flaws that she has in the game. You know, we mentioned pre- previously in the podcast the the defense or, you know, like sometimes when she goes to the basket, she often gets blocked by, by centers or more mm-hmm. physical players, a lot of movement. But, like, there's other things to her games, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when she was injured with an armstring injury, we saw how... The Liberty needed her in those moments. We see how she scores those incredible frees. And, you know, even further and further, like, you know, every season, we see her uh, in the warm-ups, the way she prepares herself. 
Like, you know, she can, you know, rebound the ball. She can pass the ball. Like, she does a lot of things, like, that helps the team win. Um, so, she, like... She does a lot of the little things. I do agree. And I think that's why it's so complicated for me when I yeah. when I see that. Because, like you said, when you think about this league, and again, who got voted in the most for the All-Star, Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, even if it was one of those two to be in this video game, you know, to be picked for this, I would have been fine with that because of the fact that who you even had before them, they've won championships. They, they, they have received some major accolades in their career. And Sabrina is just starting out. Yeah. You know, she's only been in this league for a couple years now and she's gotten quite a lot. I would say mm. again, Girl, get 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 your bag. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. If it's there, it's not like you're just gonna be like, no, I don't want this. Of course, you're gonna want this. <laughs> you know, this is your longevity. This is your future. You're gonna go after it. And people, if they're gonna, you know, present it to you, why not? But I think you know, you also have other players in this league who have been in this league longer, fighting, winning championships, doing it, you know, in this league, and they're just not recognized as much as her. I'm happy that Asia Wilson is now more out there on the forefront. Yeah. I feel like that she is well deserved. Yeah. She deserves it. Yeah. Absolutely, she deserves it. Yeah, I'm a Liberty fan, but you gotta say. That she- <laughs> this I mean, woman I would love got to have Asia Wilson in a little bit. You it's not going to happen. But... <laughs> right. So you just got to recognize the talent, the brilliance of, of, of some of these athletes. And so that's why it's complicated because I think Sabrina will be that. Mm. I just don't think she's there yet. I think she's getting there, but I don't think she's there yet. And when you put a player like Kobe, for instance, that's understandable. Yeah. Yes. There's the argument between him, Jordan, LeBron, all that for the GOAT. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> but well-deserved. Yeah. She, Sabrina, she is, I, I truly believe that she will get there and she will be that, but it just seems early. Yeah. It, that's, I guess that's what it comes down to. It's not that she shouldn't get it. It just felt a bit early for her to be the face right now. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you could put Stewie, you could put Asia Wilson and others in that category as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously representation matters and and that's why, you know, some people have strong opinions about, you know, who's the face of, you know, the league or, you know, of a video game. But I think, like, you know, sometimes when I read some of the comments, like, you can dislike a player like when well, you don't like their style of play or you know you got your favorite players obviously but like some of the the criticism where of of you know her game uh, can be a little bit irrational and and i told you before felicia like it also made me think of like victor Wembanyama. i mean you know i'm you know my fellow frenchman uh there's a lot of expectation for him as well in in the nba and i won't you know spend too long on that but um, you know, he had his first summer league game and, you know, it was kind of like, you know, mixed in terms of like his performance, but that was just one game of the summer league. And I think because they hyped him up so much, like when you read the comments on Twitter about his game, it's almost like he's a buzz or oh, you see why you hyped him so much. And, and so I couldn't help to see the, the parallel as well with, with Sabrina where it's like, yeah, you could have valid criticism. 
valid reason as to why other player maybe deserve it more. But to say that she's a bust or she's like, you know, she's not a great player, um, you know, for me, it's, it's a little too much. So, yeah. I mean, happy for Sabrina. Understand, you know, why other choices could have, uh, you know, worked out. But it is it is what it is. It's, she's a little bit of a player. We're gonna continue to support yeah, her and, and and be happy for her in in that regards. Um, in other news as well, um, if you're a Liberty fan, you definitely also gotta watch um the third episode on YouTube of the um the Liberty the season unlocked, and uh, it's a shorter episode than the first two. It's about eight or nine minutes, but. You gotta watch it. If you love basketball, if you love magicians like my <laughs> Johannes, um, it's it's definitely a, a a work of art. This this uh, nine minutes uh, video on YouTube that the Liberty produced that kind of helps you gang into the world of of my Johannes. The 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 shy presence uh, off the court, but the sort of you know, incredible player on, on the court and just get a better idea of who she is and how she sees the game. I mean, that was, that was a great, uh, you know, uh, episode, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I love, I love that episode because we both love Maureen. And so I think, yeah, they, they did a great job with this episode. I think that what I saw, what I got from that episode is just more, I hope with the coaching staff yeah. that they will figure out how to use her better. Mm. I think sometimes it feels almost like they put her in and it's like, do you? Yeah. But I think she needs a little bit more direction. Yeah, we call her the wizard, the magician on the court because her passes could be impeccable at times. And I think she likes to play that way. I, I think she wants to make the better pass, the great pass, so that you get a better result. But I think sometimes she she herself has to see that she can also be more aggressive to get those buckets. Um, I think that they just, I don't know. I think they have to set some better plays for her to get her more involved in this game um, or in, in future games, I should say. Mm. So we, we're, I'm still a Marine fan. I, I want to see her get better this year, though. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget that. You know, I, I cannot even remember the last time she really had a break. I mean, um, yeah. the season in France is really long. They start, you know, September, October, and they go all the way up to, to June, like mid-June. So that's that's a much longer season than other, um, you know, championships in, in Europe. And after that, the past few seasons, after French season, she went to, you know, the WNBA with the New Liberty. And then in between, like last year, she was supposed to play um, at the World Cup, but she had an armstring injury. The previous year, she had the, the Olympics in, in Tokyo. So that's that's a lot of games. And obviously, she loves basketball, and that's always, you know, what she wanted to do in life. But that's, that's hard to play so many games. And so I think, like, she's kind of hitting a, a wall at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like, yes, uh at first, I was like, yeah, Sandy Brandello, like, you know, wants to give her freedom. But at the same time, yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, she's still trying to figure out her place in that new roster. Because it's not the same roster as, as last year. You obviously have a couple of stars now on the team and just figuring out a, a role. Uh, because trust me, 
watch some of the games and at some of the games are available on YouTube uh, from the French League or even the um, she didn't play in the Euro League this this year but the Euro Cup and it's a totally different player like she's more aggressive she scored a lot of points and I feel like it's not like she cannot do that in the WNBA and I think obviously she's a very unselfish players and want uh, teammates to shine. But I feel like sometimes she could just take over and just attack mm-hmm. the basket or like, you know, cross over any player that defends on her. So I don't know. I mean, obviously we wanted to do well and, and we're a little bit worried with, you know, the, the challenges she faced uh, recently. But I really hope that they can like find a way to bring her confidence back and, and for her to shine because when she clicks, it's it's amazing to watch. Yeah, I think also we have to remember that she played a whole season in France. I mean, that's basically like an NBA season. Yeah. And then she comes to New York and plays another season of basketball. Exactly. You know, so there's really no time, not a whole lot of time off for her when she had a few days, a week or so. Like, yeah. that's not a whole lot of time off for her. And so, you know, I don't know. She may not ever admit this. She's an athlete. She's a professional athlete. You know, sometimes I feel like I, I wonder if she's a bit tired sometimes. It, it's a long season. So, yeah. it, you know, I, I, there's no hate on her if she is tired because she's coming from France playing a WNBA. Like, that's a grueling schedule. And, yeah. you know, but a lot of women do that, though. A lot of athletes in the WNBA, they do that. And that's not easy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think what is very telling is um, how other players on the team speak of her. They speak very mm-hmm. highly of her, whether it's Van der Sloot, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, Brianna Stewart, you know, players that have the experience at this uh, highest level. And just the way they talk about Marine, they know how important uh, she is for this team and how she could be important in, in the playoff. I, I mean, I remember last year uh, when we battled against the Chicago Sky and, you know, obviously we were not the favorites and, and we didn't win that series, but we won the first game in Chicago and she was a big part of that. Like, yeah. I, And even... There was a time where we beat the Las Vegas Aces uh, in Vegas in the regular season last year, and it was because Marine was just unstoppable. So we know, and they know, that if she could have those kind of performances, that could really lift up the team and get them closer to you know their dream of you know getting the title and, and defeat the Las Vegas Aces or any other team for that for that matter. So that's definitely something to to keep in mind. All right. So that's it for our episode today. Um, we're not going to drop an episode on uh, Monday next week because uh, we're going to have a, a little vacation and there's not going to be a lot of games next week. As I said earlier, the, um, the Liberty will play only one game on Wednesday against the um, Indiana Fever. And then there's going to be the, the All-Star Weekend. So our episode will drop on, on the Tuesday for uh, next week. Um, where we'll recap that, that game against the, the Fever and then the, the All-Star Game festivities and hopefully uh, with Liberty players shining. We don't know uh, mm-hmm. who might play uh, participate in the three-point uh, contest and the skill challenge on, on, the, on the Friday. But, you know, on that day is Bastille Day, the, you know, the uh, national uh, uh, holiday, Independence Day for France. Uh, so, I don't know. It would be very... 
awesome and symbolic that Marine could participate, but they haven't announced anything just yet. So we'll recap that, um, you know, next week. Um, and, you know, hopefully it should be an exciting All-Star game. Uh, it was great to see uh, uh, Stewie and Asia uh, pick up their team. Uh, and it's, you know, stacked with a lot of time on oh, both yeah. sides. So that, that should be a lot of fun, and, and we'll recap that. Um, you know, next week. So thank you so much for listening to our episode. And as we always say, let's go Liberty.